Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jantz and my guest today is Mark Winters. He is a teacher, coach, facilitator, and certified EOS implementer. That's Entrepreneur Operating System. He's also the co-author of the book Rocket Fuel, the one essential combination that will get you more of what you want from your business. So, Mark, thanks for joining me. Thank you, John. Glad to be here. So, so let's start, start with this combination. What is this magical combination that we need to have? Well, it's really only two parts in the combination, and one part is what we call the visionary, which is a term that is you know fairly familiar to people. It's something that uh, a person who's really wired to be that fountain of ideas, they're just an idea machine. They're cranking out new thoughts all the time. They, they see down the road. They, they have a sense of the big picture and where things are going. And then the other side of the equation is what we call the integrator. And the integrator is a leader in an entrepreneurial company that's wired a little bit different than that visionary. They're much more execution-oriented. They're much more on the side of, of making the things happen, getting the things done. Uh, sometimes they are much better at the details required to make things happen. But it's, it's bringing those two different types of animals together so that really we have all that stuff in one company. And that's the powerful combination we're talking about. So does that powerful combination, in your experience, exist uh, ever in one human being? Or, is, or are we really talking about the need for two distinct people? You know, John, it's, it's interesting. Statistically, in, in, in our experience, we see it's about 5% of the time that there really truly is someone who can do both of these things themselves at a high level. Uh, you know, the watchouts here are as, as good, strong, visionary entrepreneurs. We like to think that we are all things, <laughs> right? right? So, so there's sort, sort of a danger that you, you kid yourself into thinking that you, you can do this stuff at the level that your business needs it done when really somebody else can do it, can do it better. And, and frankly, they can do it easier because they're wired more naturally for it. So, so that animal exists. They're rare. And the other thing that we see a lot of those those folks uh, at some point in their life cycle of their business, frankly, they decide that uh, you know they don't want to be all in those things. Right. They don't want to do both sides of the equation, and and they gravitate just more towards the one that's that's really naturally naturally them, the one they enjoy more. Yeah, and that's a really good point because there are probably things that people can figure out how to do. You know, finance stuff they can figure out how to do. It's not that complicated but they don't enjoy it and so consequently they wait till the nth hour or they, they just don't do it at all and I think that that's really where you know growth kind of gets slowed down because there's so many things to act like a real company that you actually have to get done whether you like doing them or not yeah there, there really are in fact uh, you know Dan Sullivan has a, a term he calls the unique ability and and that's really that thing that each of us has inside of us that we're you know, we were made to do, and and you you recognize it because you're you're good at it. You're you're always getting better at it. It's easy for you. You know, you don't get you don't really get tired doing it. In fact, it maybe energizes you. And so we all have things that fall into that space for us. And then there's this other stuff that you know we can do it. Uh, it just requires more energy. And and so uh, you know we we want to see a world where we've got folks spending the time in that space where. And they're basically creating energy. It's not a drain for them. And because they're creating energy, they're so good at it. I mean, it's just a really powerful, sustainable, sustainable thing. Yeah. And, and oddly, you know, for those uh, people out there that, that don't get this, I mean, oddly, there are people that, you know, crunching the numbers, doing analytics, you know, 
holding people accountable is actually fun for them. Um, exactly. <laughs> and I think that that's what uh, you, you know you probably need to come to realize. So let's ask this question. In your experience, um, and that in, in the work that you've done, do you find that more company founders fall to being one or the other? Well, I think there's there's a, a natural affinity to the starter, uh, you know, the person who came up with the idea uh, to, to be more on the visionary side. But we do see both. So you see people that through some, you know, strange combination of things, uh, you know, they may not be, you know, really more on the visionary side, but they, they did actually begin the company in some sense. Sometimes they inherited it. Right. Uh, you know, sometimes they got it through some kind of a financial, uh, you know, chain of events, you know, whatever. So there's different reasons that somebody that, that uh, you know, has a company or is running a company may not be the visionary. But most of the time, I think it's, it's safe to say that, that they are. Uh, that answer your question? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so when then, so, so you know, the the punchline here, of course, is that if you are that visionary, what what you're suggesting and what your book suggests is that you have to go out if you truly want to grow your business and and not just grow it, but actually have it be kind of more fun for you. Uh, you have to go out and find that implementer. So, how does somebody go about doing that? Yeah, so integrator is what they're looking for. So yeah. the, the visionary searching for the integrator, we actually lay out in the book a, a seven-step connection process. So if you want to think about it at a, at, a, at a macro level, John, kind of the three big pieces of what we call the rocket fuel formula. The first is really to crystallize your thinking about what you need and you know get your head around this whole visionary integrator concept and, and you know go, okay, is this something that could help me? And, and if so, how? And, and, you know, once you do that, then it's about getting connected. And then once you're connected, it's about making that relationship great. So, so really the first part of it is all about understanding yourself and understanding, uh, you know, who you are, what's your, you know, we talk about a two piece puzzle. So, you know, the visionary being one piece, the integrator being the other piece, the edge where they connect has a unique shape for each combination. So no two visionaries are alike. No two integrators are alike. And certainly no two pairs are alike. So we got to understand that shape. So that's a lot of inter- introspection and really trying to understand what, what you need. We have, we have visionaries that have used a tool that uh, we call a wish list. And they'll literally sit down and just dump out all the stuff that, you know, boy, if they could get this off their plate, it would be great. If they could get this finished, you know, if they could not have to do this anymore. And just, just kind of that whole list, that, that becomes a big part of what they're looking for in their, in their integrator. And another piece, you know, we have uh, assessment tools. And so from the assessments, you can kind of tell, wow, I'm really strong here. I'm not as strong there. And so in that combination, we're looking for the fit, right? Where between the two of you, you have, uh, you have all of what you need. Uh, and, you know, maybe more of some things. And that's okay. But we don't want to have those gaps where there's stuff that we need that between the two of us, we don't have it. Yeah. So, you know, when you, when you start talking about getting connected, uh, if you want, we can just kind of walk through the connection process. That'd be great. And I think that is a really good point. I looked at the uh, assessment as well. And, you know, even though I definitely have learned that I'm, you know, more on the visionary side, you know, I'm not 100%. And I think that that's, uh, that's a, an element you have to really, there, are, there probably are very few hunter, hundred percenters. Yeah. And actually, since you brought that up, let me make a quick point on that. It's a, it's a, it's a spectrum, right? So it's, it's not, you know, you don't have to be 100%. Uh, you know, we use sort of a rule of thumb of 80. 
So, you know, we, we say 80 or higher, and you know, it's pretty likely that you are a visionary or an integrator, depending on which one of the assessments that you were taking. But, you know, we've had folks that would score a 76. And so they're like, well, gee, you know, I'm not an 80. Does that mean I'm not one? And of course not. You know, I mean, it's just all kind of a gradient. And, and what you just have to look at is where am I really strong? Where am I not so strong? You know, know your strengths, know your weaknesses, and, and surround yourself, partner up with, combine with that other person who's really, really good and strong at the things that you're not at. So, so you know, understanding that is the first real step. So when we get into the what we call the visionary integrator connection process, you know, really the, there's another step in there that's about the visionary spectrum for your, your business and, and your company. And, and that's really understanding how much visionary does this business need. So we look at your industry type, you know, what are the growth aspirations? Uh, you know, is this something that you're happy to have be, uh, you know, just a nice flat growth or, or just kind of maintain what you got size company? Or is it something you're trying to double and triple and 10x, right? It's a whole whole different demand, whole different requirement, depending on which one of those you are. And then we also look at the market and, you know, just what kind of change, what kind of complexity is going on in the market that business is. So you look at all those factors combined. And you may go, wow, this is a technology company. It's trying to grow 10x. It's all kinds of you know crazy competition and new developments and all this and that. And so there we need a visionary that's kind of like a Steve Jobs. Mm-hmm. And on the other hand, you may have a company that's you know really fairly straightforward. You know, it's a it's a something that just does the same things over and over again. Has been for decades. Uh, we're we're kind of happy with ni- the nice steady growth that we've got. There's not a new, lot of new innovation, not a lot of new ideas really required, and, and, and that obviously isn't going to require nearly as much visionary. So you want to understand that spectrum first for where your business falls. Get clear. The second step is get clear on the profile of, of you, the visionary, and who you are and what the edge of your puzzle piece looks like. And then from there, we sort of turn the camera and, and look at that, that, that integrator. What do they need to look like? What does their edge of their puzzle piece need to be like and, and get into some profiling tools and there's some really really great folks out that can help you understand this and help you understand what you're looking for and begin to kind of filter the world of uh, the folks that you're going to interact with to make sure that you're that you're talking to the people that uh, you know have the highest probability of being the best fit for you so so let's switch gears then we found that perfect person um you you outlined some um uh, some pretty I mean, for this to work, certain things have to be in place. Certain rules have to be adhered to. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of visionaries who probably can't let go of some of the things that they need to let go of, uh, you know, even yeah. even when they've admitted they should. Um, so, so how, you know, how does this visionary and, and integrator work? Yeah, so, so that's a really, really great question. And, you know, once you get connected, there's a there's a you, you've got to be patient, which we think is kind of funny that we ask visionaries to be patient. Right. But the reality is, it takes a little while to, to hit your stride, and so you don't expect that you're just going to flip the switch and you're going to be there. Uh, in fact, we see that it, it takes uh, you know as much as a year before you kind of feel like it clicks and you hit that tipping point and it starts to feel feel like you really want. So during that time, you're starting to adopt these new habits. And, and rules. You know, we talk about the five rules, which you mentioned, which is really, that's how we're going to play it together. So we have five things. The first one is what we call staying on the same page. And it's a simple, simple discipline where you commit to every month, the visionary and the integrator sit down for typically two to four hours. You want to plan to, you know, protect as much time as you need. They sit down together 
and they come with each of their respective lists of issues. So just all the stuff that they're not clear on, they're not sure if they're on the same page on, they have questions on, they have things they want to kind of throw out and probe and float new ideas and whatever, just anything and everything that's on their list that they're not sure what the other one is thinking. And they, they build that list together and they lay them all out and then they just start attacking it. You know, first things first, the things that are most important and most impactful first. And then each one of those issues they just dive into and they solve it uh, in the sense that they ultimately get have a meeting of the minds and they get on the same page about whatever that topic is. And then they move to the next one and then they move to the next one. And, you know, we've had situations where these same same day meetings could take a day, right, early on when you've got all this different kind of stuff that you, you're trying to get on the same page. But the commitment is you don't walk out of that meeting without the two of you being 100% on the same page. So really, you're, you're one. You're a unit. And when you go back out into the organization, there's no question that you're, you're on the same page and you're all aligned around the plan and you're moving the organization in that direction. So that's the big number one rule, maybe the most powerful rule uh, that, that we've got to have folks to, you know, playing along with. Uh, second one for, for how we get together and, and make it work is, is what we call no end runs. Mm-hmm. So an end run is what happens when the visionary will jump around the integrator and go down into the organization and basically start telling people what to do. And, you know, I, I think of that as a form of tampering, right? So they, they brought this integrator in to do something, then they're going to jump around, and then they're going to go around and, and mess in the, in the business. So, so that's one form of end run. The other form of an end run is when someone in the organization bypasses the integrator and comes directly to the visionary to either complain about something or ask them to give them uh, you know, specific direction. And, you know, what happens if they do that they, they really cut the, the integrator off at the knees, and they really hinder their ability to be effective and do what they've brought them in to do. So to eliminate end runs, we advocate a, a, a simple thing that we call the question. So as the visionary, when these folks come and talk to you, and they will because they've been conditioned to do this because that's the way it was all along before we, we put this integrator in place. So when they come and talk to you, at the end of it, you want you to listen and hear what they have to say. That's okay. But at the end of listening to what they have to say, don't give direction, don't solve their problem for them, don't take their complaint and hold it. Rather, just look, look them straight in the eye and go, okay, I've heard you, I've got a question for you. A simple question is this, are you going to tell them or am I going to tell them? Because somebody needs to tell them. And basically we turn them right back around and send them back to the integrator or whoever it is they should have been talking to about this. And, and either they're going to go back directly to that person or we are. And, and what we see, John, is you know when people start doing that, within about 30 days, end runs don't happen anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it just really drives that behavior out of the organization, which is what we want. Uh, third rule. So I'm going through the five rules here. Yep. Third rule is is what we call the integrator as the tiebreaker. So the integrator comes into the organization, and basically they're at that position where they're working harmoniously through and between the functional leaders of the organization. And, and they're helping them stay pointed in the same direction. They're helping them, you know, you know, row to the same tempo. And they're also the person who, when, when those leaders can't agree, uh, you know, they can jump in and they can, they can get us unstuck and moving forward. So here's one that will probably resonate with you. So marketing says we should go left and operations, whatever that looks like, says we should go right. I'm sure they have good reasons for that, but operations and marketing just don't always see the world exactly the same way. Have you seen that before? Oh, you betcha. 
So, so when they can't, you know, even though we have good, strong leaders there and they're a great fit for the company, they just can't agree. If we don't get that resolved and unstuck, then the company just sits there and stops moving forward. So the integrator comes in, they hear all this, they, they listen to the, the various arguments, and for the greater good of the company, they ultimately make the call and say, okay, we're going to either go left or right, but here's where we're going to go. Here's the step we're going to take and, and get to moving again. So the visionary, when they allow the integrator to do that, they are letting go. So you brought that up a couple of minutes ago, and that's something that's new for them. And, and frankly, when we came into this work, I was thinking that we were going to find a lot of issues around control, where visionaries were reluctant to let go of things because of their desire to maintain control. But what was really interesting, John, is what I found, almost all of them uh, basically said and proved out that that was not the case. It wasn't about control. It's really about trust. And, you know, visionaries, somewhere in their history, they've handed things off, they've, they've given responsibility to folks, and somebody hasn't taken care of it. And it's like, you know, I handed you this thing, and then you, you dropped that thing, and it broke. And I'm sitting there looking, and I'm like, gee, that was, that was my thing you just broke. And so they've sort of, they're gun-shy, and, they're, and they're, they've trained themselves to hang on to things. But they really want to let go. They want other people to do this stuff. And so this is one of those exercises where the trust level with the visionary and the integrator, it has got to get to that point where they, the, the visionary knows we're absolutely 100% on the same page. So it's, it's okay. It's, in fact, it's a great thing for the integrator to be able to make those calls and, and break those ties. You know, that's uh, a, well, let me jump in on that because I think there's a really sure. crucial point there because I think you're right. I think a lot of people do interpret it as not wanting to let go. But it's more not knowing how to let go because I think true visionaries, you know, come up with an idea and they're, you know, in their mind, it's crystal clear and everybody should be able to get it and execute on it and not be, you know, nobody needs to be taught how to do it. They should just get it. And I think that that the the integrator's role really in some ways is to interpret the vision in a way that people can get it and can be held accountable. And so, so as you said, you know, the work will actually get done. Uh, correctly, and I think that that is the big uh, the, the big challenge for a lot of visionaries is is they they just want to almost abdicate some things rather than effectively delegate, and I think that that's uh, probably the key. Yeah, you you've absolutely nailed it, and and that communication thing is such a big thing because you know like you said in the visionary's head it's crystal clear, and and it's like you know how can how can you guys not be getting this? How can everybody not? be hearing the song is playing in my head and the reality is they're they're just not always yeah. and so the integrator can they can hear that song and they and they have enough uh uh you know guts or strength or whatever to ask the question and push back on the visionary until they do understand it clearly and then they can translate and they can make sure that the rest of the organization is is carrying it out and making it happen so that's yeah you very well said great point um so so the next of the the, the five rules number four is, is what we call the rules of the game, where it's, it's, it's being an employee when working in the business. And, right. and this is what happens when you've got a visionary that's an owner. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I'm an owner, so I should be able to do whatever I want, mm -hmm. whatever I want. Yeah. And if I walk around like that, it, it really causes some disruption and, uh, and challenges in, in, the, in the organization. So you know, we have this tool we call an accountability chart that maps out exactly what needs to be done, you know, in the various parts of the organization. Each, each box is a seat. We've got somebody doing each seat. Everyone's accountable to somebody. And so when we have an owner just kind of bouncing around and, and totally disregarding that, uh, you know, it, it, it causes the system to lose integrity. 
So what we want the owner slash visionary to do is basically wear different hats. And so, you know, when they're playing owner, they're wearing their owner hat, they're actually playing above and out of the accountability chart. And as an owner, you know, they obviously have their right to their share of the profits. They have their right to, to put the integrator in place, uh, you know, and they have ultimate decision-making authority. But then they're letting go, and they're letting go to that visionary and that integrator, which aren't owners per se, but they're playing those roles on behalf of the owners. Uh, and they need to let them let them run and let them do their thing. And every once in a while, we'll have a visionary who also sits in other seats on the accountability chart. So maybe they are uh, they have some role they play on the marketing team or in R and D or whatever. And what we want them to get their head around is, you know, switch your hat. Don't go in there and play that role as owner. Go in there and play that role just like you would want somebody else playing that role and model for them the kind of behavior that everybody should be showing throughout the organization. So they come in, they make a promise, they keep that promise, they're accountable to whoever they're supposed to be accountable to. They, they communicate very well and, and really, you know, don't, don't use it as an opportunity to break the rules because you can but use it as an opportunity to play by the rules and, and set that great example so that we have everybody across the organization, uh, you know, playing the roles that we need them to play well, and, and I, with integrity. And, and I suspect that's actually quite common uh, for a lot of businesses, but they've never really delineated the roles. It's just, oh, I'm the best at this part of it, so I'll continue to to be the, the chief rainmaker or the, or the person that writes the ad copy or whatever. Uh, but, but then as you start having people maybe that, that that role should be managing. I think it probably needs to be very clearly, and I don't know how far you take this. Like, do you actually say in this meeting, I am X, <laughs> um, you know, when I'm talking, I mean, do you go that far? Yeah. So we've got one example where a client actually had different hats made. Yeah. And so she was, she was in three, three different seats. And, and so she just kind of switch hats. You know, the, the, the tool that we teach is, is for people just to ask and verify. So am I talking to you now as the visionary? Or am I talking to you now as the head of sales? Uh, and and you know you're you're right. It's extremely common and out of the gate. Typically, the first time we'll build an accountability chart for somebody, it's very rare that we don't have at least one person one person sitting in more than one seat. Yeah, and I think it probably also helps uh, people realize that they have these functions uh, in the organization, but maybe nobody's actually doing them, or certainly nobody's managing them. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's a great observation. In fact, one of the, the most common ones is actually the integrator role. Yeah. So, uh, you know, for somebody who at the beginning is playing both of those roles, mm -hmm. uh, at a minimum, I want them to call those things out so they can recognize, wow, I am doing these two different things, and they both are very necessary. Uh, and so understand, uh, you know, maybe I, maybe I can't bring an in integrator in yet, uh, but I'm working towards that. And, and kind of getting their head around what is actually going on and what needs to be going on. I don't think we got all the way through the five rules, did we? Yeah, so there's one more, and, and it, it's simply this. It's to maintain mutual respect. And so the idea here is, as the visionary, don't, don't beat the integrator down and treat them as your lackey. Treat them as your, as your partner. Treat them as your, you know, your, your important, critical, perfect fit, perfect match that together – you know, you guys can make this thing do something that it just wouldn't be able to do otherwise. So, you know, communication is critical there. Staying on the same page is going to is gonna really, really make that work. You know, another really important rule here is that you must never complain to anyone else in the organization about your integrator, right? So if I start going down the organization 
and I'm going, boy, this guy is just uh, you know, he's doing this and doing this. It's just going to totally undermine him. And so you just can't do that. You've got to deal with that stuff directly in the same page meeting and, you know, work it out, make it work, do the things that, that will make it work. And if, you know, and this happens, if you determine that it's not going to work, then you fire the integrator and you get another one. And, and you, you know, that's, that's one of the things that that's your power as the, as the visionary and the owner of the company is you've got to put the right person in place. We want to do everything we can to make sure that we get, we hire the right person and then do everything that we can to make sure that we, we make that relationship strong. And, uh, you know, if you do these things, if you follow these five rules, uh, then, you know, our experience shows that, that that works. And, uh, you know, as long as you've got the right person in there to begin with, then you can really make that relationship powerful. Do you find that, uh, there is some, hesitancy on organizations uh, to to do this even when they've come to the realization uh, because in some cases I mean as I listen to you describe this this might be the biggest hire that uh, an organization's ever made both from a from an impact standpoint and maybe even a salary standpoint um, so yeah. do, do people have trouble pulling the trigger uh, for that reason yeah in fact we we uh, call out what we call four readiness factors John mm-hmm. and and there's different things that can somebody that somebody can get hung up on that would keep them from pulling the trigger because it is a huge deal uh, the, the first one is something we call financial readiness and that's sort of the obvious one where I look at the the price tag associated with somebody's an integrator's uh, salary and and that's a real obvious I can see it's real easy to see just exactly how much this is going to cost me it's not quite as tangible for me to measure the benefit sometimes. So one exercise we'll have teams do is, is you know, visionary lays out their, their issue list. You know, they don't have an integrator yet. They're laying out all these issues, all the things that they're stuck on and put some dollars by those different things on that issue list and then sit back and ask the question, okay, which one of those things could we solve if we had an integrator in place? And they start ticking those off. And more often than not, when they start adding that up, they see the other side of the financial scale tip. And so, so that helps them think their way through the financial piece. Another piece is psychological. So this gets back to the letting go, to the trust, to do I want somebody in here that close to me? Yeah. Uh, and, and every person's got a little bit different dynamic going on there. But psychologically, they need to be ready. Uh, lifestyle is another thing. So, you know, you hear people talk about, you know, working 60, 70, 80-hour weeks and wearing that as a, you know, a badge of honor. And, you know, they want to do that and, you know, they need to do that. And so the, the, the change and sort of the range that I see in some folks that are, are wired that way is they, they still, with an integrator, can work as much as they want. The time's just allocated differently. So of that 60, 70, 80 hours, if they're really doing something like that and they need to or think they need to, then, uh, you know, it can be spent much more on things that you're going to enjoy, you're going to love, you're going to get a really big charge out of. The other lifestyle thing is people hit these points in their life where I just had a baby, I just got married, mm-hmm. uh, you know, something's happened with my parents, you know, different kind of milestone events that just change their perspective, and all of a sudden they don't want to be working crazy hours. They don't want to be doing the same thing that they had done for some period of time. And they want to find that more healthy balance, and this is a this is a lever to help them do that. That helps them get ready. The fourth readiness factor is just this: we talked about unique ability before. It's just that that realization of this is who I am, this is what I 
do. This is what I'm great at. And I really want to find a way that I could spend as much time as possible doing this thing. And so this, uh, you know, this integrator visionary combination becomes part of that solution. So I'm talking today with Mark Winters, the uh, co-author of Rocket Fuel, the one essential combination that will get you more of what you want from your business. Uh, Mark, you mentioned some of the tools that and assessments, and I know some of uh, you have them online. So you want to tell people where they might find some of that? Uh, you bet. Yeah, they'll just come to rocketfuelnow.com, and we have uh, two assessments. We have one for a visionary and one for an integrator. And you know, feel free to take both and uh, just kind of see how you do on each and see how you match up and get you, get you thinking about, about what your other half might look like. <laughs> Thanks, uh, Mark, uh, so much for joining us, and uh, hopefully we'll, uh, we'll see you out there on the road. Uh, I'm a big fan of, uh, of the rocket fuel concept, and uh, we we're actually embracing some of it uh, here at Duct Tape Marketing. Thanks so much, John. I really enjoyed talking to you today.